Hey, this is Gerd Tundle, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Hundle and today, wow, it's going to be a powerful interview and I just thought that this topic was really important for us to talk about right now um, and it's about the power of speaking up, the power of healing, the power of the unknown, the power of realizing what some of our ancestors have done in order for us to be where we are right now and also about privilege and especially white privilege the importance of why black lives matters because when we stand up for one another we shift humanity and this person's just a a powerhouse (laughs) an amazing advocate for movements part of many of the movements that have been happening in america Ethos D. Leon believes that everything is medicine and that we can shift the narrative of the way we speak to ourselves, to others and to Mother Gaia. Ethos, I'm so grateful to have you in the show and thank you for joining us uh, in the space today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honour to be here and to be sharing this space with you and your, and your listeners. Oh, bless you. I've just been, just after our last conversation, it was just like mind-blowing. And it's funny how we kind of got in contact with one another, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. The beauty of social media, though, really gets to connect people that you never really thought you would be connected to. And also realizes that you're like, wait, am I really connected to this person? And do I want to be? So it's really interesting to feel into the pendulum swing of how social media brings people into your life. Yeah, it's almost like it's a sign. Like, like we were saying, we almost feel like we've known each other for years. So, like, I'm not surprised that we're talking right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's just those synchronicities of the universe conspiring to bring revolutionaries and shadow workers together in solidarity. I feel is what's really happening right now. Mm, so true. So, I want to take the listeners on a journey. So, can you tell us what your life was like before you became a social justice warrior? Yeah, you know, I've uh, just really quickly about who I am. I was born as an assigned female at birth. And from a young age, I knew that I loved presenting as masculine and, and being in the masculine. And I'm also a biracial human being. And in this world, that's not really something that is a desirable characteristics or expressions um, when I was growing up. And I've always felt rejected and abandoned by society and never really understood what what was wrong with me and why I was continuously bullied or rejected or made fun of uh, everywhere I went. I just knew that this is who I am and this is how I exist. And at one point in college, I was starting to get educated. Like our school was really radical and really deprogrammed us from the rote learning system here in the in the United States and then I started to realize that wait I'm an oppressed individual and it's because Mm -hmm. of this societal normative so studying sociology was my major um, because of societal norms and codes and laws I that is the reason why I've experienced everything I experienced growing up and from there I, I had this sacred anger and rage within me. I was like, I can't help who I am. And yet here I am serving in the U.S. Army. I'm here to be of service. And mm-hmm. I love this country. I've loved this country since I was born. I remember watching the Twin Towers fall in 2001 and mm. witnessing how my, my passion and even in a way nationalism at the time, because that's what we were being indoctrinated as, you know, as we're growing up in the United States. And so I hit the streets. I was involved in Occupy movements out in California. Um, and from there, I was in a lot of I was in the first pride parades that were first happening mm-hmm. in Long Beach um, and tons of protests, even very small protests back in the early thousands. I say the protests wow. like we're not that big. Um, other than, you know, the Iraq war where I was only 11, so I had no idea what was going on with that. 
Wow. But they were small back in the day. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I remember just, just like, oh, protests? Okay, I'm hopping in my car and I'm going. And then as I graduated from college, I moved to Oakland, California. And I saw, I literally saw the systematic racism and the police brutality as I lived in Oakland and then moved to Chicago. <sighs> and I started marching with Black Lives Matter and going to the west side of in the south side of Chicago and in you know standing in solidarity with my black relatives for Rakia Boyd and Trayvon Martin um, and I really witnessed police brutality and how they no matter how peaceful we were they were always going to incite violence and we were just marching on the street and where these lives that were unjustly taken because of the color of their skin and then I ended up in Washington, D.C., and I marched, and after the election, we all know how, you know, the United States was starting to shake and awaken, and so I marched with the No Doppel with Veterans for Peace. I marched with uh, the Women's Right, the first one, uh, the first Women's March. I was there at the Climate Change March. I also helped out the Climate Youth make their banners and provided them an art house space for them to create their art. And so many more uh, I can count. I can't even count how many now protests that I've been to. So, yeah, wow. I mean, I've been super passionate about being the voice for this. Even though it's been a very scary feeling pretty alone for the majority of my life, speaking out against the atrocities of the systematic uh, oppression that happens in the United States and across this globe. Wow. What a journey. Wow. <laughs> I've blown me away with, oh, wow. It's interesting because like, I'm so grateful for you sharing like what's happening in America because the way how, um, how the media masks things and the new system and like, there's racism here as well. That's the thing. And people don't realize there's injustices here as well. But with British people, everything is very polite. Mm -hmm. Everything's brushed over as we were talking about mm -hmm. um, last week. Everything is like, oh, no, 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 they didn't mean that. And literally, they make you think that that wasn't wrong and that maybe there's something wrong with you. And that was like, for me growing up and many people I know growing up, like I've seen hands-on people stopped by the police, people who are people of colour and especially black people, just because they looked dodgy or looked weird or they looked like they were up to something. And I remember my brother back when 9-11 happened and he was stopped in London because he looked out of place. And I was like, wow, what does that even mean? Like, I remember, and I was only really young at that time, and I just couldn't believe what was happening to a lot of my friends, family. And that's the thing. If I feel like as well, and with yourself as well, like, if you've never gone through it, people don't get it. And it's when you, like you being at the forefront and seeing what's happening, that's where the truth is. But it's not always shown to us on, on the TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm yeah, and, and that's where lived experiences, I feel, are actually more uh, important than watching things on the screen. It's like what happens when you actually get out and into the streets and you have this experience? Mm -hmm. And why are certain marches or certain protests less police than others? And why, why, are, why is there that difference there? And when you really witness and you are a part of it and have a personal experience, it's just so obvious what is happening around you. And, you know, in the United States, they've done a really great job of creating a system to create this illusion that racism has, is, is over with. We elected Obama, the first black president. It's over. We don't have racism here. And in reality, it's so embedded in, our, in all of our systems. And this starts back in the seventies when, there's a great, you know, movement of, of suburbia and the suburbs. And when you're in the suburbs, you really have no idea what's happening in the inner city. And not only that, you know, Nixon and Reagan and, and our yeah. and, and that presidency literally have created systematic racist words to disguise the new Jim Crow era, which is the war on drugs. Like the word, mm. like, for example, they created uh, pictorial uh, associations with certain words like for example when you hear thug most of the time people associate a black person to the word thug or gangster or a brown person a latinx or 
a black person to either of those words. And so they use those, those particular semantics to really enforce the war on drugs, which really, and Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow, is literally The New Jim Crow. There's a mass incarceration wow. um, going on for black and brown bodies for cannabis or very minor things. And they, and we, there's also proof that the CIA brought crack cocaine into the inner cities and that the government is responsible for the opioid wow. and, the, and the heroin, meth, and cocaine addictions that are that have happened in the United States. There's even proof that in Baltimore, when there were riots during the 1992, that the police went into the pharmacies and stole um, drugs there and distributed it to huh? to drug dealers. So, so wow. all everything that we're witnessing in the United States has been fabricated and created to enforce racism and to enforce elite enforce classism and racism. I mean, even American racism. Back in the back in the days of slavery, for example, you can look up Nathaniel Bacon's rebellion and what Nathaniel Bacon was doing. He was a poor indentured farmer and he was building a mass collective uprising against the elite plantation owners with the indentured white servants and the poor farmer white farmers with the black slaves. And they were they literally had a fighting chance against the elite plantation owners. But what the plantation owners saw and what they did, they created the police system where they gave these poor whites this false sense of superiority and power over another, which is oppression in itself. Um, And it's like, hey, you now have this badge of power and you get to have power over another. And back then, I mean, there's more survival and tribal tactics that were that that they capitalized on and that's where our entire police system is based off of is this this like little literally domination and destruction of the masses coming together and rising against the elites and this dates back all the way back to the french and you know the left and the right this this division of separation and the duality is is so based in our history and it's just like how, when are we going to rise together and realize that black lives not only matter, but they're sacred yeah. and that those that have been oppressed the most are really the chosen ones and that we have mm-hmm. so much to learn from them. And, and that's just something that's so obvious once you take the time to educate yourself and to read and to witness yeah. and to be a part of instead of just standing back in your mansions or in your suburbs <laughs> and be like, oh, this isn't real. Like, well, how about you actually go there and find out for yourself if it's real or not? 100%. I'm so glad you said that. I, like both of us were like keyboard warriors a few weeks ago with these type of people on, uh, on social media and on Facebook, especially just especially coaches not who are white who are not willing to accept the truth of it and it was just shocking and it was just so disappointing to see that this is a reality but at the same time I don't know if it was the same for you it made me realize who were the real coaches and leaders out there who are willing to make a change in the world and who see everyone as one and Mm -hmm. I wanted to take it back a little bit with what you said about the drugs I I totally understand this because I know from India this stuff happens all the time. And like, say you're from a different religion. And I know this, like my background is like, I was born and raised Sikh. I'm more spiritual now. That's just who I am. And when mm-hmm. with Sikhism, it was all about warriors and like protecting and helping people doing the good for the world. And a certain background decided to plant drugs within the area in India that is called Punjab, where there's a lot of Sikh people mm-hmm. live. And the young generation started like normally like, if you're a true Sikh, you don't cut your hair. That's part of how it is, like the religious side. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the young people start cutting their hair. Drugs, drugs were being planted and thrown over from different sides of the borders. Um, and there is a big problem right now in Punjab of drugs and young people losing the plot, dying. And so I'm aware of what happens there. And it, it, what I'm trying to say here is, is that it happens globally. We just don't know about it until we, like you said, until we start reading about it. and like if we think about racism, racism began because of where I am, to be honest, where I'm born, unfortunately, in the UK. And it, it just blows my mind how a small country affected most of the world and that they've created a system that m- makes a, a, well, white privilege think that they have this higher power than everyone else. And if we think about the history, 
black people created where you are right now. Like they created America, the UK. So give them respect. You wouldn't have those iconic buildings and, you know, these amazing things that were created. And unfortunately, it shouldn't have been created that way. But that's the history. But we need to learn to respect and give them the respect that they should have been given from day one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like astounding to me to even think that that owning a human body is even fathomable. Like, I... I, I just, it's so hard to, for me to even think about like being back in those times and thinking like, oh yes, this is the right move that I'm going to own this person and then force them to do this or that. So I can imagine, you know, we talk about vibration and frequency and, and there is a, a frequency of fear that was so dominating, I feel, uh, in, in, Europe that where they went out and they were so fearful of things that they didn't know even though they called themselves explorers and they felt that there needed to be this domination and colonization in order to enforce their rules and I feel you know I am on a spiritual journey myself and I've studied I studied Christianity Buddhism now I'm really diving into Hinduism and and Eastern religion and spirituality and also native american uh and south american um spirituality like i have a really well-rounded viewpoint on things and and it's just astounding to me that the white race you know i mean there's four races that exist in native american teaching and culture just really had this need to dominate which i believe is just based in fear fear of something outside oneself mm. or fear of something deep within themselves mm. and and the and the thing is is that they've rewritten history so it's so hard for us to even pinpoint exactly where this this began and i actually have tracked also ancient egyptian spirituality and i believe wow. that you know this stems from the time where we went from a polytheistic culture into a monotheistic culture and we started believing that god and divinity existed outside of ourselves and was this being to be feared and to be to be you know uh that that is that believes in sin and that's where we see the vatican and catholicism come in and how many times did king james rewrite the bible (laughs) <laughs> and how and True. where is it actually where is it actually where is the original writing of the bible and did it even say half of the things within it so there's True. so much narrative changes that have happened throughout history and i feel now if we really tap into by cupac spirituality mm-hmm. and culture that we can actually pinpoint the places where the message of spirituality is one you know for mormonism love one another choose the right those are like big things that came from my background i was born and raised mormon and practiced until i was 17 and buddhism you know is also be of service life is suffering accept your suffering and be of service and i also right now study the gene keys by richard rudd a divine channeling and a code book of consciousness and the continuous you know, message that I'm receiving is that we're so fearful of demons, of the devil, of Lucifer, of our darkness. And, and what has all religions have said about darkness is really, that's our feminine, that's a femininity. Mm. That's also like the, the things about us that we have repressed. And in reality, that's our trauma that we've experienced as a child that were imprinted on the first three, seven year cycles of our lifetime. And we are in a spiritual desolate is what the Tibetan Book of the Dead call modern society is a spiritual desolate where we do not talk about death. And that's also the darkness, the uncertainty, the anger, the the whole other spectrum of being human. And we've been in denial and been afraid of that because in reality, what I believe is that we are really afraid of our true power. Because mm-hmm. our gifts and our CD frequencies don't just come from us being all love and light dogma indoctrination. 
those things come and stem from our darkness. They come from our shadow frequencies and accepting the things that we do not like about ourselves so that we may come into a state of unconditional love because we have learned to love the things that society tells us are undesirable. Mm -hmm. And I think, I feel that's actually why we never feel like whole and complete beings and why we're so codependent. We're so codependent on the systems. We're so codependent on the government. We're so codependent on our relationships outside of ourself. Mm-hmm. And there's no actual sovereignty that exists within our within humans. And that's actually why I have a big issue with the coaching culture. Coaches are coaching coaches and coaching more coaches. And I was like, do the coaches really need more coaching? <laughs> what about the people that you're supposed to be of service? And what about the ones that are suffering the most that really need you? And you're offering a thousand, two thousand dollar packages? That's rent for people. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like how why do you have such a distrust in the universe and a distrust in yourself that you have to charge two thousand dollars when in reality, if you were here to be of service, bring your core wounds, True. make it your vocation and be of service and and then show up be like hey this is affordable i'm radically accessible because i believe in service and i have so much trust in my guides and my ancestors that they will bring the Mm -hmm. prosperity in which i need in order to match my purpose in this lifetime powerful powerful wow oh wow it needs oh it's also true what you're saying and i feel like as well what people don't understand well women in particular like they were seen as goddesses. If you look at some of the old pictures of women back in the olden days, like even Egyptian times, they were adored and respected by men. But somewhere in history, mm-hmm. things got misconstrued or entangled and suddenly it was, we must obey men. And this is the healing that we have been doing for like the last few generations that we're still having to heal because it's so deeply rooted with everything else, like you said, that it's going to take us maybe two or three next generations to actually really heal those deeper wounds that have been stuck and ingrained for decades. And I, and I also feel with this, like, let's take that one step further beyond the paradigm of men and women. I actually Mm -hmm. feel that that's a disservice to us Mm -hmm. and that the LGBTQ community is a fine example of the wholeness in which we, we are calling in because Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about heteronormative culture. And what heteronormative culture does, it deems that humans can only be two expressions in two boxes. And that if you're assigned male at birth, that you must perform masculinity and that you must be heterosexual and you must be in a monogamous relationship and you only have sex to procreate. And then over here, we have the other side of the, of the box, which is your assigned female at birth, you must perform femininity and you must be monogamous and you can only have sex to procreate. And the sodomy laws in the United States are really obvious of that. You know, there's still sodomy laws in place. Like for example, in my home state, Nevada, you cannot take group baths because that is a homophobic law. Huh? There's no thing as group baths. You cannot have group showers, group baths because those baths is where the homosexuals would gather, right? And so I'm a fine example that actually the masculine and the feminine exists within us. This is what we call kundalini energy. And to continue to be in this paradigm where only assigned females at birth can have femininity and only males assigned at birth can have masculinity is continuing this separation. What happens if actually we've, with a story and the narrative we've been told about the feminine and the masculine has actually been swapped. What if actually the warrior is the diplomat, is the one that's nurturing and caring and loving and goes through diplomacy in order to prevent war? And we only go to war if it's the last option possible. We've tried everything else. And what if the feminine is actually that Kali energy that comes in and is like, you can do this, you know, and is that mother energy, you know, and what if the narratives have been flipped? And I also just kind of find it ridiculous that we assign these values to our energy, which energy is infinite, it's an infinite creation. What if everyone is meant to be nurturing and caring? And what if humanity is actually meant to be gardeners? And what does it take to garden? 
it takes nurturing and care and love. And what if that is just a pure essence of humans? And that the masculine, if we look at sacred geometry, the masculine is just a stable structure, it's Metatron's cube. And the only way Metatron's cube and the platonics in this entire material world exists is because of the flower of life, because of spheres and waves, which is the feminine, right? Yeah. And, and, and I just feel that, that it's just so important to realize that the masculine and feminine exists within us. And that's also mm-hmm. one of the core wounds that I believe that we're continuing to perpetuate. And heteronormativity is so deeply programmed and ingrained in this entire society. And that's why in the United States, we are continuously seeing trans women being murdered on a weekly basis. <sighs> and it, and it's sometimes on a daily basis, because the moment that we see someone performing themselves outside of what society says that you can be, mm. men especially get yeah. freaked out about it because they're so afraid of the inner feminine that exists within that vulnerability and they don't realize that actually vulnerability is really true power it's true power to be able to open your heart yeah and i just like to take that to one step further like let's get beyond the men and women paradigm and Mm -hmm. let's be like everyone has masculine and feminine within you yes and not only that they have an inner child essence yeah thank you for saying that because that's so true what you were saying and like that <laughs> I completely forgot about that but like it's the same with me like and anyone I know we all have masculine and feminine energy but growing up I had more masculine energy because that's what the world told me to be I had to be more alpha female and I had to behave this way in the industry and I had I collapsed and burned because I was ignoring my feminine energy because I didn't know it because I was told that it was wrong you know being vulnerable was weak you know, especially emotions, like is, is, is basically you're an emotional wreck and like all these, like, Oh, what's the word? Like the system and society and cultural and from, you know, your family as well, that teach you what's right and wrong was, I was hearing that being emotional and being honest was wrong. (laughs) So I had Mm -hmm. to then from 2012 dive into my femininity. My gosh, I was so obsessed with like being successful and going forward that I actually damaged my own health. And I had to mm-hmm. like, oh God, it was so shocking ethos. Like I had basically took me two years to catch up with my sleep because I was living off three hours sleep for several years. I had to sleep 13 wow. hours. Yeah, because I ignored my feminine side, that my body that needed to nourish and rest. And that's what's happening in the world right now is that we, people need to understand not even just women, men as well. We all have masculine and feminine energy and they come together. And we don't... I, we don't even have to have labels, but we just need to learn that to create our balances. And like you said, having, being vulnerable and, you know, being loving is the most important thing. And what's been happening in the world right now is showing that we need more love, that we've had so many divides in so many different ways that really we need to break down those systems and come back as one because we are all one. Mm -hmm. We are all the divine's, children no matter what color age background ethnicity any of that we are all one it's just the system that we were raised and generations of our ancestors were raised on were told we weren't good enough or told there was something wrong with us Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and also you know something that i know that you and i talk about a lot on our facebook is that in order for us to even get to that place of like we are one We have to be grounded and here and humble in our reality of like we are humans in a human body having a human experience on this earth plane. And right now, as we've been talking, is that these systems are still prevalent and they're robbing people of the opportunity to go after enlightenment and only allowing the privileged to be able to go after that if so they choose. And, and, and this time is obsolete, it's done. We're moving into the age of Aquarius. And it's so important for us to look at reality. The Eighth Yoga Sutra says misperception is based in the, in the false knowledge of what isn't. Hmm. And when you're up in the clouds and you haven't grounded <laughs> yourself after using psychedelics or working on ceremony and you have it integrated back into this reality, then you're missing an entire step. You're just like, let's jump. Let's like, let me just start at the bottom of the mountain. And it's all of a sudden, let me jump to the top of the mountain. No, that's not how it works. And actually Buddhism, every single 
spiritual spirituality uh knowledge base literally talks about enjoying and being in the process and being here now ram das is very known for be mm. here now what is happening right now right now what's happening is black lives are being murdered by police across this entire world yeah police systems are based in racism and the oppression over another Mm. indigenous folks are being murdered and killed and not taken care of with yeah. covid with pipelines and that we're we're creating more oil pipelines in this world to to continue an old paradigm that doesn't need to exist anymore it's so mm. obsolete why are we not transferring those funds to figure out a new way of energy these power lines don't need to exist anymore and they're causing yeah. fires all throughout the united states and on the west coast pg and e is guilty of that what happens if we invest in finding out solar and, and so everyone can have individual solar banks the future is solar the future is not this technology based on our natural resources you can't even yeah. call it technology anymore like what happens if we start creating new systems based off of nature, based off of sacred geometry and based mm -hmm. off of spirit. And that's what science is. Science is literally explaining spirit and the things that we cannot see. And if we realize, if scientists realize that and if spiritual folks realize that, then we can come together and actualize the indigenous prophecy of the North American eagle and the South American condor coming together, the heart and the mind mm -hmm. synchronizing together and to also graft away the things that do not work it's okay yeah. to let go of things that no longer are serving us and and that's when we come back to our essence come back to our roots and and i see that happening right now where we realize like holy crap like we're collective and your suffering is my suffering mm -hmm. and that we cannot go into this new paradigm until i acknowledge your suffering and the things that you have been through and that's what the black our black relatives are demanding of us they're asking us they've been begging for us to be like just just yeah. acknowledge what's been happening to us for over the last 400 500 years just see it please yeah and we're some of us are too ignorant and stubborn because then mm -hmm. it means that we perpetuated harm and that means that we have to sit through guilt and shame because we're not ever given the tools to be able to work through that yeah and they're afraid to do the shadow work that has been through their ancestors. I think that's what it is. A lot of them are afraid to really go in and say, I, I can accept what's happened, but then do the work to change. Mm -hmm. And I think well, with yourself as well, like we both were seeing in the last few weeks was that all these people were like, peace, love, light. And <laughs> it makes me laugh even saying it, but you can't have peace without justice. You have to get pissed. You have to get angry in order to find peace. Just like me doing the inner work back, like, and I'm always doing the inner work, but I started in 2012. I was pissed about what I realized, the patterns that I had growing up, the pain that I was seeing, the injustice I was seeing in the world. If I didn't get angry, I wouldn't have started doing the work and I wouldn't have gone towards peace and joy and come back to that inner child. And I feel like it's the same with yourself, right? It's like... Mm -hmm we had to get angry to make a change but then there's people saying no you shouldn't have anger and it's like no that's part of the transformation that's part of the change that we need to have but first it's gonna be heavy it's gonna be feeling like there's an earthquake going on because there's been so much pain for so long mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly and and it just it makes me sad to think about that at some point in this history, the history of humanity, that we were told that our, our emotions were not valid. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's a collective trauma that we're all experiencing. And I know that's been a main, you know, we just, you shared also, this has been a main thing that we've had to work through. And in fact, that we get the opportunity to validate our own emotions. And then we do that, we can validate other people's emotions. And as I mentioned, I study the gene keys. And when you get to a certain point on your Venus sequence, it tells you about your core wound and your sacred wound that you were, that you, that everyone has in this, in this world. Every human has a sacred wound that they bring into this world. Otherwise there would be no purpose. Why are we here if we didn't have fear? 
And it's actually interesting. I, I love Netflix. I love movies and I love TV shows and books. They're stories. And I'm watching season two of The Order, which talks about magicians and werewolves. And I love it. I love that kind of stuff. I love anything that talks about magic. And something that's so potent in one of the episodes is that this demon called Raghuan came, comes to this earth and was summoned. And he literally pulls the fear out of people and eats them. He loves fear. And what happens to the humans is that they don't have any fear. So there's no inhibition. And they just kill and punch and shoot each other or kill themselves. And, and in reality, what that, that message brought to me, like, our fears are humanity. It's the reason why we are human. And that without our fear, how do we ever know that we're on the right path? Mm. And that's been my journey over the last two years as I've been an entrepreneur and really proud of my profession of being a network marketer, which is really the self-development profession. Yeah. It's taught me to like know when the fear is there. And I don't, I don't like do a flight or fight response anymore. I lean into it. I'm like, oh, the fear is there. What is there to, what is the lesson that I get to learn? Because every time I've leaned into my fear of doing this or that, I've been rewarded mm. tenfold over and over and over again. And, and if that's the truth, if fear is really our humanity, is the reason why we have compassion, empathy, and the reason why we don't go around murdering everyone or killing ourselves, you know, and then why are we so afraid of it? Why are we rejecting it and being like, we don't want anything to do with that? In reality, our fear is here for a reason. So how can we learn to accept, allow, and embrace that fear and then transmute it, take it to another level mm -hmm. and transmute it into something beautiful, right? Like the riots in Santa yeah. Monica, California, everyone boarded up, down, boarded up. And what I saw a week later is artists painting beautiful art or murals on these boarded up walls and i've been saying for years what happens if we replace all these advertisements with art mm. what if you replace them with words of affirmations and mantras of affirmation what kind of world would we turn into wow. and i see with the riots and boarding up and the artists coming out and like oh we have somewhere to paint where no one's gonna you know try to charge us with graffiti or or destroying public property mm. it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and, and that's what happens from the darkness is that beauty is birthed. Yeah. So I love leaning into it. Mm. I think, well, it's, we have to, There's the, if you, if you want to do the work, you've got to do the shadow start. You've got to face the darkness because without darkness, there is no light. You can't just enter the light. You have to go through the, and I remember the, oh, it's just taking me back. I used to take like, lots of photos when I was on my journey and I used to always see tunnels and then see the darkness and then always thinking, right, I will get towards the end of that tunnel and see the light. And over the years, that's what's happened. And that's what we have to do. Whatever is going on right now, we have to do our work. We have to face the fear and trust what comes up for us instead of running away. And I just wanted to take it a bit deeper, actually. Like, um, I know we've spoken about it before um, last week that that the skin color thing actually goes deeper within even our communities. I know for me in India, especially I, I see it and they have servants, which it shocks me still today. Like how could they, it angers me to be honest that out there, if you're darker skin, even here, they treat you differently. And so mm. I, they, the people that they have, uh, and I hate saying servants. It makes me feel sick saying it. I just don't know what the right well, people who work for them. I'm going to say that they treat them like they are nothing and that's what disturbs me is that people you guys like you had you, you were mistreated in the past but then you mistreat your own people because of the color of your skin because some mm -hmm. system told you to do that and you see that within like the bollywood industry like there are people who whiten their skin so they can get on tv that's fucked up and like, even for me growing up, I was really fair skinned, then I went really dark and I've always gone through different shades. And I've seen how I've been treated when I'm fairer or when I'm darker. And it, mm -hmm. you can't make that shit up. And I've seen how like certain like aunties have treated certain people who are more fair skinned girls and be like, oh, they're so pretty. They would make a great daughter-in-law. And then someone who's darker, oh, nobody will want her. They're already mm -hmm. signing them up to think that they're not good enough from a young age, like there's something wrong with them. And and then they bring all this inferiority into them. Like they now need to 
change their skin tone or dress in a different way or, and they're always like constantly trying to prove themselves that's what mm -hmm. i mean it's, it's it runs so deep that people don't even see it it even runs within like our nursery rhymes it runs within oh, cartoons that we grew up with like it's so indoctrinated i can't even say the word today indoctrinated within us from a young age that we that's why people don't always see what the truth is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is why I say that love does not exist without accountability. Mm. And, and all these people are like, oh, I'm just loving, I'm just loving, I'm just loving. <laughs> and I'm like, get out of here. There's no accountability set up. And that's what spirit is. And like, mm. ultimately, what we're seeing is that this is this major denial of spirituality and spirit existing within us because spirit is the feminine. Like, let's take it. Let's just bring this in into a full compass thing in the moment that we decided to reject that divinity and spirit exists within us mm. and in turn we rejected feminine our fe inner feminine which in turn we started separating people based off of men and women mm. and and really starting to categorize and create boxes in which human existence can exist and then from there, that that inner hatred of our feminine or that denial and rejection of our feminine and which we associate in the yin and yang, you know, has one yeah. is white and one is black. Then we started actually having American racism and where we're literally projecting our inner hatred based on the color of someone's skin on arbitrary um, uh, uh, expressions and and now we're seeing even more of that separation continuing, continuously being fractalized out. And because we're in denial that we are spirits in a human body, having a human experience on this earth plane. And the longer that we deny this as individuals mm -hmm. and then as a collective, we will continue to have this illusion of separation. So anyone that claims to be wearing the 5D as a trophy and then say they don't play with lower dimensions are just <laughs> perpetuating white supremacy through spiritual elitism. Yeah. Because you know what? You are here walking on this sacred land that Pachamama has allowed you to have the privilege to do. And we are abusing that privilege yeah. because we are not accepting of our spirit. We are not realizing that actually maybe there is something bigger than us here. And that Pachamama is a spirit, a spirit within herself. Mm -hmm. Every plant is a spirit every tree has a spirit within it and there's a mycelium network beneath us that is communicating and we are being told to wake up mm -hmm. wake up humanity i literally just had a hummingbird right here come in front of me no. wake up humanity you are a spirit and you are connected and everyone's suffering is your own suffering and the longer that you are in denial and rejection of this the more that we're going to continue down this timeline and that time is over and we are seeing literally a Darwinism happening and it makes me sad. And mm. especially in the United States, people not wearing face masks and gathering in groups of thousands. For example, the Trump rally in Tulsa and we are literally seeing those genetics being obsolete. And it upsets me because I believe that everyone should have an opportunity for enlightenment but our systems and the people that are in charge have literally poisoned us over and over and over and over again. And this is why I'm so passionate on what I do, which is healing yeah. the gut through high vibrational nutrition and putting plant medicines back into people. And you know mm -hmm. what, I, as much anger that I do have for Trump supporters and racists and white supremacists, they are the most indoctrinated, they are the most brainwashed and they are yeah. the ones that have the most wounded childhoods yeah. and have not been held accountable and have not been held in unconditional love by their parents and their mm. parents and generations before and it's unfortunate that we are witnessing in a bigger picture that they are eliminating themselves from the gene code yeah they're almost that's what's happening i was just gonna say it's almost like they're playing out what their ancestors did mm -hmm. mm. it's a curse white privilege mm. is a curse and you can either break through that curse and allow for your genes to continue, your genetics to continue, or you continue to be in this place of hatred and mm -hmm. you no longer 
will your 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 DNA will no longer continue to grow. That's the law of attraction and why we procreate because people are attracted to that. But we're seeing the masses awakening yeah. and realizing that that's not the way that we want to live. We don't want to live in a fascist regime. We don't want to live in Nazism. We don't want to live in white supremacy or in the Confederacy. We don't want to live that way. That way is not okay. It's not, I have no tolerance for it. And the moment that we thought like, oh, love is tolerating all belief systems. No, no, belief systems have killed people over and over again. And the moment that you, like, I'm going to continue to iterate this, the moment that you rob someone of the opportunity to chase after enlightenment, your belief system is not tolerated. Mm. It is no longer tolerated here because I'm holding you accountable in the highest version of yourself. I am not going to let you walk around being a fear-based, hating person because that's not who you are. That's who you've been taught and programmed to be. I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to hold you at your highest self and I'm going to let you know that you are not welcome here if you're going to continue this belief system. (sighs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that just, ah, oh, that reminded me of something a few weeks ago when I was speaking to other women empowerment coaches and they were refusing to talk about what was happening in the world. And I was just like, ah, and I remember you were like trying to help guide me because I was so mad. I just, I, I just was so angry. Like, how are they not getting it that, you know, you claim to be empowering women yet you're, you're, you're basically not speaking up for all women. Hmm. You're not speaking up for black women and their ancestors and their sons and so forth. And they just didn't get it. Instead, they were like, you're attacking me. You're And I'm like, I'm not attacking you. I'm trying to make you understand that if you're going to claim to be something, you need to speak up. You know, they should know the history of how women were mistreated before. So if women were mistreated before, wouldn't you want to speak up for the rest of women? Like, Mm -hmm. that's where I was getting mad. And you just reminded me of that. Like they just didn't want to hold accountability. Instead were like doing vulnerable posts, like as if they were the ones that were being mistreated. And it's like, you have to stop doing that people because you, that just shows you're not willing to do the inner work. The inner work is actually saying, you know what? Shit, I made a mistake. Let me learn from this or ask somebody what to do, but not do it in a way to make out that you're the victim. That's just wrong. Yeah, and that's continuing that victim cycle, that's continuing that scarcity mindset in which so many of these supposed coaches and spiritual leaders say they are above. In reality, it's just a projection of their repression of themselves. And the moment that you feel that accountability being attacked, that you're being attacked when you, someone is holding you accountable, that's just a moment for you to check in and be like, why do I feel triggered right now? And what are these triggers teaching me? And, and where can I dive in deeper into self? So like, really, maybe, maybe there is something that I'm missing here. And this is where I am always saying, humble thyself. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I am a student for life. I, even though in all my, all my readings, all my profiles, I'm a teacher. I really feel I'm more of a student and I just happen to be asked to use my voice to share what I'm learning. And if you're not constantly learning and you're not in a place of like, maybe I don't know all the time, then there's a moment for you to check in on your vanity and your arrogance, because your arrogance is leading the way of you thinking that you know everything. In reality, you know nothing. You know barely a smidgen of all that exists in this world. And no one knows everything on this existence. Period. End of story. (laughs) <laughs> and all people can really share is your personal experience. And maybe there's moments of wisdom in there. But if you're not willing to, to question yourself and come into a place of humility and humbleness, mm-hmm. then, then please step down from this profession of being a coach. Please step down from being a spiritual teacher. Please step down from serving medicine. Please stop doing a disservice to yourself and to those that you're supposedly serving because you're continuing to perpetuate distortions Mm. in this world. Humble thyself. Wow. Big takeaways. Big takeaways here today. Wow. Um, I have a few questions left. (laughs) First one is, what are your five top tips for someone who's afraid to embrace their shadow work? You know... 
that fear is just a message for you to lean in. And I understand that fear is scary and that there may be in some, there, and the reason why you have anxiety around it is because you're not listening to your heart. Anxiety comes from the moments that you're not listening to your heart. Mm. And what happens if you don't want to feel that anxious feeling and what happens if you lean in? And, you know, something that I recommend that is a really gentle pathway is the gene keys. The gene keys really teach you to love the shadow and to be with it. And that in reality, your shadow is your inner child screaming and begging for you to, to see them, to hear them and to hold them. Mm. And I ask you for you to take a moment to close your eyes, feel where you're feeling that, and then to ask yourself, how old is that version of you that's feeling this way? And when you begin to see your shadows and your fear as just your inner wounded child, there's so much more opportunity for compassion and, and self-empathy. Yeah. What are you most grateful for? Hmm. It's so funny. I, uh, I woke up two days ago and I'm living in the mountains of Colorado. The first time I've actually been able to live in nature. I've been living in major cities my entire life. And I realized that I am so grateful for my mental health journey. I used to be plagued with depression and suicidal ideation where I didn't even wake up and brush my teeth in the morning. Wow. And also, I would not be the person I am today being able to teach others how to overcome and not have such mental health and depression. Mm. through multiple experiences and integrations of healthy habits and wow. self-compassion and self-forgiveness. So I'm so grateful that I was depressed up until I was maybe like a year ago. Wow. And I'm so grateful for that journey because I wouldn't know what it's like to be where I'm at now without it. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Oh, today. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Ethos, for just sharing everything today. And thank you for just being a true light in this world. And just thank you for just being so honest and just sharing your light with everyone because it's so true, everything you're saying. We are all one. We are all love. We are all light. But we all have to stand up for one another. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you so much for this time. Uh, I'm so grateful for you and, and that you felt called to allow for me to share my voice. I also want to thank Pachamama, Father Cosmos, the plants and all sentient beings for all the lessons and the wisdom that they have taught and passed down from generation to generation and that they really do love and support us and that they want us to be our highest versions of ourselves and that's why we're experiencing everything that we're experiencing. So Aho and all my relations, thank you so much. Wow, that was such a powerful interview and I just think it's so true. We have to learn to love one another, respect one another and really just be there for each other because yes, some of us have grown up with more privilege than others and we need to learn to accept that and also do our own healing and also look at our own shadows and see what is it that is holding us back from loving one another even more than ever. <sighs> I just, I'm blown away by this conversation today and I think it was really needed. Um, and that, you know, we all deserve love and respect, no matter what race, background, gender, religion, you name it. We all deserve respect. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote because I think it's really important to share. Um, and that is, one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. And that's a quote by Carl Jung. And I think it's just so important that we can always look at the light, but we have to face the darkness in order to come through to be the light. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshandel.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit. lit.